0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you guys had an amazing weekend. Uh, Mine was very restful. You're probably bored of me saying that. You're probably thinking, God, go do something. (laughs) Nah, we're in a pandemic, and I'm using this time to rest. Look, (laughs) prior to the pandemic, life was wild for a lot of us. We were... Had more responsibilities for some. Some have a lot more now, but I definitely had more prior. And so I'm happy to have, you know, a lot of downtime. Um, let's not problematize that though. Let's enjoy whatever new things have emerged. It's kind of why in some of the interviews I'm doing, um, love lines more talk right now and I'm listening live is more of the interview show. And for those that aren't familiar, because maybe you're joining us later in the game, I'm listening live is my live stream, excuse me, my live stream show. That's every Thursday night at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on all the radio.com handles awesome guests awesome topics and you know um one of the things that i think is really interesting that comes up in those interviews is when we talk about coping mechanisms or self-care and really bumping into new forms of that you know hobbies often that we hadn't really considered or interests we hadn't realized and one of the things that's pretty common is some some form of like regressiveness and i use that in a neutralized way uh, we don't really i guess it's a return to things that maybe were more traditionally associated with youth or childhood and bringing them into our adult lives and i love that i i, I don't value i really don't like or value this distinction between childhood and adulthood in terms of how you dress how you speak, how you live your life, where you find joy or pleasure. I think it's a really socially constructed, arbitrary boundary that doesn't do anyone a, a service. I think it's all about truth and authenticity. You know, so I've loved hearing about some of these adults and celebrities saying, I'm hula hooping, I'm roller skating, I'm doing puzzles, um, <clears throat> just really cute, more old school style things that they're bringing to their adult lives knitting, crocheting. It's awesome. You know, I think there's some moment of real, real raw truth that's coming out of what's going on for us. And I'm trying to allow that to emerge as well. you know. Um, and I think that that's more honest, right? And I think that that might be one of the interesting things that kind of came out of the pandemic and everything else that's going on, right? Because we have earthquakes. I don't know if y'all know, but last week here in California, was it last week? God, the time goes by. We had some earthquakes on top of the wildfires, on top of all the social justice work that we're doing, on top of the upcoming election, on top of COVID, um it's non-stop <laughs> and so the fact that we're all you know doing what we can to get through this is quite amazing i'm really proud of everyone even those that aren't doing very well or thriving i'm proud of you as well because you're, you're doing the best you can and that's kind of the message i keep trying to give everyone is 60 it's got to be good enough and i want us all to collectively co-sign and shake well not shake hands bump elbows on that that it's going to be about just good enough um let your child be doing good enough, you know, with schoolwork. Let you know your family members, and yourself, be doing good enough with home skills and expectations and housework. Good enough in all areas of our lives. So I'm letting us. I'm giving everyone collective permission to drop the bar and just do good enough. You know, it's a pandemic. Please drop the expectations on yourselves. I'm still working with a lot of patients in my practice that are kind of buckling under the tyranny of I should be putting out new music or working on, you know, a spec script or I should be whatever it is, you know, and this idea that we should be keeping up with those that are being very hyper productive right now which is great for those that are i see people putting together amazing career packages going back to school that's awesome i you know i'm not there i'm on the end of i'm feeling tired i'm feeling very fragile everything that happens feels you know more amplified than it normally would and i'm just kind of like just taking care of myself so anyway We're all doing the best we can. Finally, though, I just want to speak to last week, I got to be a part of something really awesome, the I'm Listening campaign, which is what my live stream show is connected and born out of. But we did a special and this was, I think it was Wednesday, right? And it was two hours, 230 radio stations across the country. And again, we were just trying to really solidify and bring forward in a larger platform, you know, across the country, this message of do your best. You know, do your best and talk about your mental health. That's how we're going to get through this. We want to normalize that. We want people when someone says like, how is your mental health or how are you doing? We want people to really answer those that have, you know, followed my work for a length of time know that I'm such a big fan of authenticity and truth. And I really want that to come forward. Um... I think that that's really important, needed, and valuable is us just being more honest with where we're at and getting away from, you know, respectability politics, which say that you have to, in order to be taken seriously or competent or seen as grounded, be living a certain way. Look, we all struggle. We're all in the mental health continuum, right? And we're all tapping into these different levels of things. And I want us to be able to just be where we are and who we are. But the way we do that is by talking more and normalizing. And so I'm always thankful for the celebrities that are part of that project because, you know, we put them on a big pedestal and they really are part of constructing expectations and also d- deciding in some ways what's going to be norm you know a norm all right y'all we got a beautiful show planned for you um got an interesting question of the night that is up on our loveline ig page in the story tonight's question of the night is basically uh have you considered moving out of the country <laughs> i know a lot of people that have i have honestly and truly i have we can talk more about that when we get to the question of the night later in the show oh uh, we got a lot of great news um Gosh, gonna be talking about some stuff in the gender world, also uh, giving a little couples therapy, Some talking about some technological advancements in sexuality. It's gonna be some good stuff, stick around. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com.
1: All right, we're back now,
0: it's time to slide into those DMs.
1: Sliding into the DMs. Sliding
0: into the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world. We want you to explore it for confidence. Uh, So DMs, come from our Loveline IG page. Slide on in there, drop your question in there. I know you guys put them on my private page, the at DrDonahue IG, but um, I'm not always able to slide in there. There's a lot of mess. (laughs) in there god bless so if you drop your questions in the loveline ig page and follow us you'll get your questions answered and i I always value you guys reaching out so please continue to do so whatever question or issue you're struggling with is of worth and value and it is meaningful to me and to the entire loveline team so we want to be here for you and also it's very likely that whatever you're struggling with or confused about someone else is as well and so bringing it forward helps a multitude of people You know? All right, this one says, oops, it's a long one, so bear with me, question. Hey, Dr. Chris, first off, I appreciate the work you do and I listen to you daily, thank you. It means a lot, it really does. Uh, You've helped to educate me and I'm starting to use some of your advice in my own long distance relationship with my boyfriend, which I've shared I'm in a long distance relationship with someone who lives in Canada, which is why I am frustrated with the corona deniers because I want to see my baby. Okay, here's a question. I'm the type that likes to commit and get serious quickly. I do as well. We are very similar. I've noticed that my two serious relationships weren't the same speed as me. The relationship I'm currently in is long distance, only by a couple hours. Ah, Lucky. But I'm moving to his city. Cool. Both for him and the best interest of my career. Awesome. Love it. I'm wondering how I can slow my pace down and feel good about it. I know I move too fast and it causes me to jump into things that I might not even really be ready for deep down. I'm wondering if this has something to do with my self-esteem. Are there any good books or anything like that you recommend that could help me truly be an independent woman and enjoy my relationships instead of trying to progress them to a place I sadly feel pressure to reach? Bam. It's very thoughtful, full of self-awareness. And I think there's there's a lot in there. I could do a whole show on this question because, oh, okay. So I'm going to start really broad and then I'm going to narrow it down. So this is going to be relevant to you and a little not relevant. So there is no right pace at which to try to move into a relationship. I want to start by saying it like that. Some people like a lot of closeness and intimacy. Others don't. So there's also this piece about how much closeness we like when we're getting to know someone, and also once we've really built more of a substantial relationship. I like yourself. I'm I'm very confident and a very decisive. And so I'm, I'm very comfortable moving towards something I have interest in. And I put a lot of time, effort, and energy and focus into whatever's going on in my life that's meaningful to me, you know? And much like yourself, I operate from a very high speed. I skew higher energy and I move faster. Nothing better wrong with that. But you did beautifully and lovingly call out that that can sometimes mean that we miss out on some nuances that maybe we would have seen if we had moved slower, Uh, For those that move slow, yeah, you guys get to see some of those nuances and see things coming. But sometimes you're also perceived as not interested. Uh, There could be a flatness to that. And um, sometimes that could also be rooted in some avoidance of intimacy or commitment or lower self-esteem. So neither angle is better. It's just there's difference. And if we're talking true compatibility, people that move faster are better sometimes with people that move faster. Sometimes it's better for them to be someone who moves slower and that person pumps the brakes. But I don't want you to prioritize one way over the other. Your partner moving slower isn't better and you moving faster isn't worse. And so it's not always about aligning with how they move. Maybe your slower partner needs to speed it up and meet you where you're at, right? You can go either direction, but we live in a culture where we're obsessed with slowness. And so people always assume, oh, well, I'm slower. So you should slow down. Well, no, sometimes you need to speed up. Okay. Having said that, you said that your two relationships that were serious prior did move to the same speed of you. Okay, you made it work. The long distance, uh, I'm assuming inherently, has forced you to kind of slow down. So that's been good. Um, how do you slow your pace down and feel good about it? The work is about doing a little cognitive restructuring. Start to really process and pay attention to what maybe you are missing out on when you're moving too fast. Look at your long distance relationship and think about all the things that were forced to slow you down, but the benefits and beauty of what came out of that slowness. Um, so I want you to honor who you are and not have shame around the speed you operate, but I want you to also recognize that there might be something to learn from slowing yourself down. Um, as far as books, I I don't think you need to read a book because a lot of those books are going to, just kind of get you trapped in maybe shaming your speed or over-prioritizing slowness. And so I don't think the work work is about that. And I don't think it's low self-esteem to necessarily want to move fast. I think it's that that is your natural pace. I'm gonna assume that you move quickly through a lot of different elements and things in your life. And so maybe choose some domain in your life and start working on moving slower in that area. Whenever I'm trying to change a characteristic I have or an attribute, I look for one of the more easier entry points and I start doing it that way. You know, maybe I'm rushing friendships or I'm rushing my work or whatever it is. And I go that way and then I start to tackle the things that are more difficult. But I really just want to close it out by saying it's okay that you move fast and inherently by you dating someone who's slower, you know, whoever's lower interest or moves slower will inherently be a little bit of a break in pushing back. So I'm not really that worried about you. I think you're gonna be okay. I really wanna work instead on shoring up that it's okay that you move the speed you move, and it's an act of self-esteem to honor who we are while recognizing that maybe there's some growth if we're interested in changing a little bit. So follow the pace of your partner. Don't overthink this. And, and be really content in what you have. I don't really see a lot of issue in your question. So I hope I helped a little bit. But in, you know more importantly, I want us to get more confident and comfortable with how it is we operate because there's so much shame in our culture. All right. Coming up next, uh, more talk about suicide prevention because it's National Suicide Prevention Month. And uh, Question of the Night will be coming up soon. So
1: time for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're
0: back. Time for some DMs.
1: Sliding into the DMs.
0: Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world. And we want you to explore it with confidence. All right, this is the long one, y'all. So hang in there with me. Hey, Dr. Chris, I'm struggling with communication and I'm hoping that maybe you can help. My girlfriend and I have been together for almost two years. We talk about our futures, our families, love each other. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading it wrong. <laughs> we talk about our futures, our families love each other, everything is great except the past. Long story short, we've dated before, about four years ago, and she cheated on me. Now, I trust her, and we've talked about it, and I'm okay with it, but recently she revealed something to me that I had previously thought wasn't true, and she was lying to me. When we dated the first time, she ghosted me for a guy, we're lesbians, moved in with him. Turns out, I know now that she actually was cheating on me with two different girls, and the guy part wasn't a thing. However, when we got together the second time, she was talking to a guy. They never hooked up or anything. That's not really what I'm worried about though. Do I call her out on her inconsistencies or just let it go? Because now I feel like too much time has passed. I like this question. I appreciate the vulnerability in it. A few different ways to look at this. If all's well and you feel safe now and everything's content and you trust each other, then that would imply it's not a trigger point It's not anything that needs clarifying. And in that respect, it is possible to let it go because there's nothing necessarily to be gained from it. I don't believe in calling things out. I don't believe in confronting people. I do believe in having adult honest conversations. I do believe in being transparent and sharing with someone how they impact you or concerns or worries you have. So if it falls under that label, you can bring it up. We're allowed to bring up anything at any time it's okay to say hey you know I was still thinking about something you said last week I wanted to kind of revisit it and talk about it or hey, I know time has passed, but something has stayed with me or something was uh, triggered and I was remi- remember remembering something you said two years ago and you know it really still makes me smile or it kind of still hurts my feelings and I was surprised to see that. Let's talk about it. You can circle back at any time. There's no rule. There's no magical time of it's too far gone. No, that's not a real thing. If something is psychologically real and present for you, you'll allowed to talk about it. Look, time isn't linear, especially when we're talking about mental health and emotions. They don't care about this concept of time or too long, we have memory. That's what we're really talking about. Memory is associative. Memory doesn't sit in terms of time and place. Memory is always circulating. It's circular. Things are always being brought back up. We're being put into the future via memory and thought. We're sometimes brought back into the past, right? So memory is never about the here and now. Neither are emotions. So if it's just about trying to right a wrong and call them out and, you know, telling it like it is and confronting someone, let it go. Move on. We've all done things in the past that aren't necessarily who we are now, you know? And if this person's different now, let them be different now. Relate to them to who they are now. Be better in your relationship. Strengthen it. But if it's something that's still on your mind and you want to lovingly talk about it or process it and it's coming from a place of building intimacy and sharing, then bring it up and circle back to it. So it's really all about how charged it is for you. But if you've moved on, move on. If you haven't and there's something to talk about, talk about it. But I want relationships to be able to tolerate that. And I can understand some dis-ease if a storyline you had been told you find out is no longer true and you can lovingly approach it from that perspective. Hey, you know, it turns out that something you told me wasn't really accurate or honest. Can we talk about why you felt the need to, you know, lie or misinterpret something? Because maybe there's something to learn from that. You know, when I work with a, when I work with a couple where someone's cheated, the work isn't just about the quote-unquote cheater. The work is also about the person who is harmed in that. You know, looking at what kind of relationship have we both created that maybe made that make sense to them, right? And that's not to victim blame. That's to get some clarifying information for the victim. You know, what role might you have had at all? What can you learn from this? How can we both be better? What wasn't working? All systems, anything part of a system is part of the input of that system and is a factor. And we look at those things. So there might be something for you to learn in that where your partner might say, yeah, you know, you weren't the kind of person I could talk to about my struggles yes I shouldn't have cheated yes I shouldn't have lied and I'm owning that and also I now realize that I was scared to be honest with you and then you can walk away going oh I learned something about myself I I always want to be approachable I always want to create a safe space where my partner can tell me things that are hard to hear right so that might be something you can learn from that that might not be true but my point is we Hey, Dr. Chris, my boyfriend and I haven't had sex in almost four months. I had body issues, I felt embarrassed, even though he said he loves me no matter what. I believe him 1000% when he says that. I'm coming to terms with my body image, but I feel like we've become just friends. Little kisses here and there, still call each other babe. That's about it. So if you're feeling great, cool. Be prepared for maybe a period when you're not. If you're not feeling great, remember, there'll be a period where maybe you will. T- they they tend to ebb and flow based on so many factors. You know, interest in sexuality and desire is such a sensitive, fragile thing, and it's really brought forth or quieted down by different things. So it's all about figuring that out, first off, right? Like, what for you, most is or most is or what's most arousing for you? What's erotic or eroticizing? I don't know why I can't speak. Uh, and also, what are the things that tend to get in the way of, a couple things you have to talk to your partner make sure that they're still on board i don't want to coach you to start working on sex if you are in a relationship with someone who's no longer interested and that's gone so you have to have that difficult conversation hey we haven't had sex in four months i, I want to talk about if that's born out of any relational or, or what is that so you, you always have to talk i'm a big fan of people getting clarity i don't like giving advice Circumvents or again or, or psychologically bypasses really doing the difficult work, which means you have to face it head on. Otherwise, we're making a lot of assumptions. So you have to say to your partner, "Why do you think we're not having sex anymore? How do you feel about the relationship?" And if they say the relationship feels good to me, you know, taking what they said, but you have to get more familiar with it. Your your sexual desires there. I'm not hearing you say you don't have any sexual interest. Your sexual desire is there. It's just you're not acting from it. So when you're starting to feel aroused, I want you to bring it to your partner. Start initiating sex. That's basically the, the short answer. And let your partner have the moment to decide if they're willing or not willing. Because maybe they need to get more familiar with sex again. And so all they need is willingness. You, you initiate and they're willing to go along for the ride. And then they start to be reminded how good sex can feel and how good that closeness might feel to you. So that's really what I want to leave you tip or technique but say go get clarity from your partner about why they think you guys haven't been having sex and how do they feel about the relationship and if it's not a relational issue ask them what yeah what's what's the deal with sex maybe they'll have a reason that immediately has a solution tied to it but i you need to get feedback from them i don't want to just operate from the place of assuming that also in the relationship and their sexual interest is still there it might not be also sex might have gotten boring again something that your partner can answer for you but you know, you're saying you're kissing still, calling each other babe. Build on that. Flirt. Flirt, flirt, flirt. Initiate, initiate, initiate. And um see what comes of that. But lead the charge. You know, inherently in your question, I want to make sure it doesn't mean that there's something you think they need to be doing. But we have to create the relationship and the sex lives we want to have. So there's work to do on your part in that, you know? And these kind of conversations sometimes unearth other difficult conversations, but they need to be had. There's nothing worse than us moving forward with our head in the sand. What needs to be addressed, so we can both be happy. We don't have to be in relationships, and so be in ones that are meaningful and bring joy. And if not, work on it. And if not, get out. Be single. Find someone new. Right? Relationships shouldn't be a pr- prison sentence. We're, we're we're over here trying to do prison abolition already, anyway. Get rid of the carceral system. So we're not going to definitely turn relationships into the new prison. You know, um, as an anti-abolitionist, I can't I can't support that. But more importantly, again, I'm I'm afraid that what I'm hearing the question is, me and my partner don't know how to start there and this should be one of them you know um that's the lesson in this folks y'all that's the lesson y'all in this (laughs) oh my god (laughs) it's been a long day is that a lot of our things a lot of our problems are solved by seeking clarity and that's what i want y'all to decide moving forward like that you're going to move forward with your partners your loved ones family members having honest conversations getting clarity not assuming that's one of the number one things i do in my office all the time is start getting people more tolerant All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about childism. Basically, what it is is it's us trying to start a movement where we give children more rights and more value than they've been afforded thus far in our culture. It's really beautiful stuff. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com.
1: All right, time to
0: slide into those DMs.
1: Sliding into the DMs.
0: Glad in the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan condoms because it's a big old sexy world. And we want you to explore it with confidence. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Drop them on in there. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I just found out that my boyfriend is cheating on me. Oh, sorry to hear that. That's very, very, very painful. Erodes it trust, makes us feel unsafe. It makes us challenge our worth, our attractiveness. It's a, it's a nasty, nasty thing. I haven't confronted him yet. Ah, so I'm going to break this down. I don't want you, we don't confront people. We lovingly sit down and say, hey, listen, I found out that this is happening. Can we talk about why? Remember, one of the key benchmarks of mental health is emotional regulation. I want people to not confront someone. When I hear the word confront, I hear I'm activated. I'm going to be aggressive. No, sit down and talk. So I wanted to read, I found out my boyfriend's cheating. I haven't talked to him yet because again, I want us to do the work of regulating ourselves, having honest conversations, and cheating is a symptom of something, and you want to lovingly understand what might be going on in this person's life. I know people are saying, wait a second, you were harmed. Why do you need to lovingly do anything? Because we're working on mental health, and because everyone has, deserves respect, perpetrators and victims. That's part of transformative and restorative justice, is everyone spoken to him yet because, and here's the rest of your question, I feel like texting someone else is cheating, but maybe I'm overreacting. Also, I shouldn't have gone through his phone, but I did. They haven't met up yet. They keep talking about it, but he's blowing her off. I really don't know what to do. Should I even talk to him about it or wait to see what he does? No, you talk to him about it. Here's the thing. Going through someone's phone isn't appropriate. It falls under emotional abuse because you don't, it's poorly boundary. You don't have a right ever whether you're someone's husband wife parent or whatever you don't have a right to access someone's privacy unless they've told you you can children have a right to privacy married couples have a right to privacy from each other we're allowed to all have boundaries and privacy and you violated that um you you want to you want to you that's not the main issue right so you're gonna have to maybe start with that point you know hey listen I'm not proud of what I did I went through your phone but you this is where again we want to have adult conversations and, I w- and I'm always holding the bar high and so I know some people hear my advice sometimes and say but who does that healthy people do that mature healthy people do that mature healthy people who want mature healthy relationships do that I want us to always keep the bar high for ourselves and other people and so I want you to say to your partner look and here's the other thing. When you go through someone's phone, it's a symptom of something for you as well. So his cheating is a symptom of something, and your cheating is – and I'm sorry, you're, you know, going through his phone is a, a symptom of something. So I want you to say to yourself, why did I feel the need to do that? What was that about? Is it that I don't trust myself? I don't trust them? Because that's in there too. But I want you to acknowledge that as well. I went through your phone. Can we talk about what made me do that? Can we talk about the fact that I feel blah, blah, blah? So there's a lot to come out of this, and that's the only positive this is that there's so much rich material for you to both grow around um but yes you do need to talk about i want people to talk about everything there's no such thing as we can't talk about that you went through his phone talk about it you found something talk about it we're not police so it's not about tracking getting more data no be transparent because i'm concerned if you can't talk about this that you might not down the road be able to talk about other really problematic emotionally triggering things so yes hi i went through your phone this is what i found I was sad to find that. I was surprised to find that. Can we talk about
1: why you're talking to this person?